You think water moves fast? You should see ice. It moves like it has a mind. Like it knows it killed the world once and got a taste for murder. After the avalanche, it took a week for us to climb out. Now I don't know exactly when we turned on each other, but I know that seven of us survived the slide and only five made it out. Now we took an oath that I am breaking right now. We said we'd say it was the snow that killed the other two, but it wasn't. Nature is lethal, but it doesn't hold a candle to man. Now you've seen how bad things can get and how quickly they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and find a way to get out of here. First, we're going to seal the... Hi, and welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Andy, and it's Shark Week. Happy Shark Week. You know, previous years, we we did this, bef- we would do our Shark Week before the, you know, consumer corporate Shark Week. Yeah, we, we celebrated Orthodox Shark yeah, we Week. Had, exactly. We had our private, sacred Shark Week festivities that is important to our faith in advance of all of this fucking, like, your liberal... Namby Pamby Shark Week, you know. Uh, we we keep the shark and Shark Week here. Mm-hmm. That look good for the boys. We're not we, shark claws. Who even is that? It's not a real. <laughs> it's not a real person. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus, Jawsus, Jawsus, Jawsus H Christ. <laughs> is that's our, who we is, celebrate? That's who we celebrate on Shark Week. We keep the Christ in Shark Week. Um. So, but this this year we're we're behind it a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm just going to say? I'm just going to name this. We're late to Shark Week. I, I was listening to a few of our episodes from last summer just because I was trying to make some notes. And we had to have a lot of like apologies and disclaimers. Oh, yeah, we did. And we're starting to do the same thing this summer. And you know what? I'm done. I'm done apologizing. For what? Anything? Ever. Philip, that is not healthy. I refuse to have guilt about any okay. of my actions oh, wow. ever again. Um. I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm looking for a podcast partner, if anybody. <laughs> but honestly, no, it's more just that like we live in a very complicated society that keeps throwing a lot Uh-oh. of curveballs at oh, us. God, On this top is what of somebody that, says right before they go full fascist. <laughs> okay, we live don't in a very complicated me. society. Have you ever thought about how? Okay. And on top of that, we also just have very busy lives and, mm-hmm. you know, our schedules are pretty opposite. Yeah. So yeah, I just like last summer, a lot of apologies around like political stuff that got in our way. I mean, yeah, and yeah, and this summer it's more been personal stuff, but like well, some, which is not. I mean, whatever. We get off schedule sometimes. It's not a big deal. I think that we just need to stop making promises to people. Yeah. Okay. Good. So but it's Shark, shark week. week. So we're doing sharks. That's what. That's, that's what we what do. Shark at shark week, week is. Yeah. 
And then not Shark Week, we do something that's not sharks. Yeah. So pretty simple shit. Year one, we did Jaws ripoffs. Year two, we talked about Jaws sequels. Yeah. And this year, we're talking about something not Jaws related no, at no all. No Jaws. No Jaws. Although, here's the thing you can't talk about shark movies of any stripe without talking about Jaws. That like feels like a challenge. I'm going to not say the word Jaws for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I, well, I'm, spoiler the challenge is already ruined because I'm going to be saying it. Okay. I won't respond to it. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> You can't, you can't, yeah, you just can't talk about shark movies post, it's post Jaws. It's before Jaws and then everything else after. That's it. Because Jaws is the shark movie, period. And the movies that we are talking about today are kind of like, sort of like, you know, it's like you can't talk about slasher movies without talking about Psycho, right? You can't talk about slasher movies after a certain year without talking about Scream. The movies that we're talking about today, the first one is more or less the scream to Jaws's Psycho or Halloween. Okay. It's the movie that's like, we know what you're expecting from a shark movie. This is what a shark movie is, and we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to have great success with that, and we're going to like still acknowledge, though, that you're where we came from kind of a thing. And that movie is Deep Blue Sea. Yes. So today, <laughs> we're doing all three Deep Blue Sea movies. All three of them. That's right. If you didn't know there were three, you're not alone. Apparently, other people I've talked to recently about, like, yo, I got to watch the Deep Blue Sea movies. And they're like, the what now? You, you said an S at the end of that. Like, there's more than one. And there are more than one Deep Blue Sea movies. I mean, in all fairness, I didn't know there was a third one until the like, last couple months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember when the second one came out, I remember it was on the... the the websites and everything, mm-hmm. you know, they were talking about it in advance. But then the third one really under my radar. Uh, I mean, part of that might have been it's the, timing. the year that it came out and the month and you might have heard of this out. year, yeah. 2020. <laughs> there, there were other people, <laughs> other things to talk about besides. Oh, by the way, did you know <laughs> there's another Deep Blue Sea movie? Yeah, my mom's in the hospital uh, with COVID, and um, my brother's uh, been radicalized by fascists, but uh, Deep Blue Sea 3, how do you feel about it? You know, it wasn't, this is a, that's a hypothetical scenario. My brother was not radicalized by fascists, and my mom did not go to the hospital with COVID. Uh, I know. But I'm sure at least somebody listening to this could relate to that statement. one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Cool. So. Deep Blue Sea, one, two, three. Should we just summarize these movies it's real easy quick? It's Deep Blue Sea, <laughs> one, two, three. Okay, sorry. All right, quick summary. Deep Blue Sea, baby. <laughs> now that's stuck I'm going to have that head. in my head for yeah, the rest seriously. of the fucking day. Wait, someone should put that song in a Deep Blue Sea movie. There's some great songs in these movies. We'll talk about that later. What's going on? Deep Blue Sea, 1999, <laughs> directed by Rennie Harlan. Oh, Rennie fucking Harlan. Werewolves on the... Rennie werewolves on the moon Harlan. So Deep Blue Sea (laughs) is about... Okay, Russell Franklin is the head of this pharmaceutical company called Chimera Pharmaceuticals that is funding the research of Dr. Susan McAllister. I'm going to tell you right now, if your company is named after any malevolent figure or beast in any mythology... I think you should be under investigation. Agreed. <laughs> I don't think you should be naming your companies after like, you know, oh, 
Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna invest in Minotaur defense solutions. Yeah, this is Medusa <laughs> Technologies. Yeah. 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 yeah Agree. That's like some Bond level shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they're funding this research of Dr. Susan McAllister, who is trying to cure Alzheimer's using enhanced mako sharks. Yeah, it's the there's a protein she's extracting from mako shark brains. The problem is it's that there's not enough concentration of this protein in the average mako shark's brain. So they have to genetically modify the mako sharks to have larger brains. Breaking the Harvard Genetics Compact. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the, there's a rule. Some. I'm glad they know which rule. Right. It is. At least, yeah. If you're going to break a rule, know the rule you're breaking. Yeah. Unbeknownst to most of the team, apparently. Yeah. Nobody knows they're actually doing this. It's always here's the thing. The movies like this, wherever there's like a scientist like doing something shady behind all of the other scientists and shareholders' backs, they're always like. You did what? And it's like, I don't think that's ever how it goes. No, I think every no. time they're like, oh, we figured you were doing something illegal, but whatever. Now that, we know, I guess. That sucks. We can't deny it in court. So, uh, yeah. So they genetically enhanced these Mako sharks to be these like super smart sharks. I will say this. One thing that bothers me is I would love for that to result in the sharks having like bulges in their heads. You know? <laughs> that is <laughs> like, a huge missed opportunity. alien head sharks. I think that would be so fun if that was if that was the case, but, that, but no. nope they they didn't they didn't go that route with it. So yeah, uh, Samuel Jackson's character Russell Franklin comes to the facility Aquatica <laughs> to check up on the experiments because he's about to shut it down if they don't provide results this weekend. Yeah. There's a big storm. One of these sharks that's being brought in to extract ends up waking up in the middle of the extraction. <laughs> Bites off a doctor's arm. Yep. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård's yeah. arm. Not just any old Not doctor. Not just any doctor. And Dr. Stellan. In a great combination of pre-planning, obviously, and then also some great luck, the airlift fails to get Skarsgård out of there. And the helicopter crashes into the tower, knocks out all communication, knocks out access to the surface. And then the sharks use the body of Skarsgård to break into the facility. And then they start basically hunting these characters through this underwater facility as they're trying to escape. And then it just becomes a matter of, like, you know, them getting picked off one by one until there's the final showdown on the surface. Yeah. That's a good enough summary, right? Sure. And I mean, it's deep blue sea. It's like... I don't, I'm amazed anyone hasn't seen this movie. I loved this movie. Everyone I know loved this movie. You know what I found? I, I've been doing, I did a little Rotten Tomatoes searching. Okay. This movie has a 60% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 39% audience, which is insane to me. Really? 39%? Yeah, which is, I'm like, is this a situation where like, at the time, because at the time it was, people liked it. This is the kind of movie that like, Snakes on a Plane wanted to be. Right. This is that movie. Yes. That just happened to be... Because, look, it's Rennie Harlan, and it's about genetically enhanced sharks, and Thomas Jane's in it, and Samuel L. Jackson's in it. And LL Cool J's in it. And LL Cool J's in it. And Stellan Skarsgård's in it. And Michael Rappaport's in it. And Saffron Burroughs is in it. But at the time, like, I think it was... The critics all loved it because it was... we. It doesn't have... It knows what it is required of it. And it doesn't have... It, it's better than our expectations, and it doesn't have to be... This is the kind of movie we can have fun with as critics. Exactly. Well, it not only does it have fun, but it also like has enough fun surprises. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing, is that 
there are things in this movie that definitely changed the cinematic language for genre filmmaking for a while. Right. Much in the same way that Final Destination did with in the same year with Terry's death. This movie has, you know, an infamous one in it that kind of set things up to come. My point is I think that it's one of those movies that maybe then got too hyped up and maybe now younger people are seeing it and it's not what they it's not as fun as they expected or something. I don't know well, what this 39% is. What I would guess, I think it's that, but I think it's not just that it's been hyped up. I think it's that like, anytime a movie changes this, the language of certain things, the original is going to feel played out. Yeah, yeah. Because it was the original, right? Mm-hmm. And there are times where you can go back and just appreciate the, t- the film for what it was at the time. But so much of what Deep Blue Sea was at that time is kind of lost now. And yeah. so people like it's not like Frankenstein where you go back and you can understand what that meant in 1931. One. One. In 1931. <laughs> <laughs> but like this one, like, for, OK, for example, a younger person couldn't watch this movie and understand who Samuel L. Jackson was at that time. Yeah. You know, they know him as like Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. So they just have a different context for who he is. Yeah. And, and at the time, like he was a big star, but a he, big action. Star. And he was ubiquitous. Like he was everywhere. He was in so many movies around this time. He brought like a weird kind of prestige to things. He was in art house movies. He was in mainstream Hollywood movies. He was in culty genre films as well. Like he was kind of in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So he would bring the cachet of his whole world with him when he was in a film. And especially at this time, he was the guy that gives a speech. Right. Yes. <laughs> so when you give us a surprise death, in the middle of a speech, which was something people hadn't seen before. Yeah, that was completely new. Yeah. And the experience of seeing that in the theater back when it came out was just delightful. It was so much fun. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, this is like, it is the scream of shark movies. Mm -hmm. Again, like Jaws is the psycho or the Halloween of shark movies. This is the scream. Russell Franklin is our Casey Becker, so to speak. (laughs) You know, the stunt casting that takes you by surprise and how they do it. It even has like a scream like cold open Mm -hmm. where it gives you the Jaws cold open that's also kind of a slasher cold open, but then completely reverses your expectations at the end. I would honestly say that Deep Blue Sea is in a lot of ways a slasher film in the way that like the post scream films work, you know, cause this was only three years after mm-hmm. scream. It did kind of play with your expectations in that way of, yeah. you know, what, how a horror film treats its characters and, and who dies in what order and how, you know? So like not only yeah. did Samuel Jackson take you by surprise, but also the ending with LL Cool J and Thomas Jane surviving, but not, but not that from Burroughs. Yeah. 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 Well also LL Cool J the previous summer had survived H2O. He didn't have a song at the end of that one, though. No. They should have let LL Cool right? J have a why, song at the why end don't of we... H2O. Why don't we get a Michael Myers rap at right. the end of H2O? The whitest, whitest. <laughs> well, it would be like, like, uh, what did they say about his eyes? Darkest, blackest. Blackest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, My hat is like a Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so it, it has a 5.9 on IMDb, which is the highest rating of all three of them, which, of course, I mean, it's the best one of the three. It so is, whatever. yeah. It's the Jaws of the, of the Deep Blue Sea movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It, it, uh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. 
Oh my god, I can't talk. <laughs> no, no, I love it. That's that should have been this tagline for this. <laughs> this is the Jaws of the Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea One is the Jaws of the Deep Blue Sea movies. Okay, but seriously. So it's yeah, it's science goes wrong. It's nature run amok. It's Frankenstein. How dare you fool with these powers beyond your comprehension? Mm-hmm. That's what we get. And the sharks are super smart, and they start killing everybody off one by one. And we get some nice. Irwin Allen disaster shit, like Poseidon adventure shit. Uh, so then we have Deep Blue Sea 2 from 2018. So almost 20 years later. Yeah. Which is probably why most people are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did we want another Deep Blue Sea movie? Who asked for it? You know what, though? I'm glad whoever asked for it did ask for it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they got their wish. <laughs> it was never something I was going to use a wish on. No. But I'm glad somebody did. Yeah, it's great. I don't know how you felt about it. I really, really liked it. Yeah, well, so we both watched it for the first time this week. Yeah. Both two and three. Yeah, I had never seen either of them. Okay, I'm just going to say, like, just let's get this out of the way. I love them both. They're both great. They're both so much fun. This is like the Boogeyman movies if the first Boogeyman was also good. Yes, actually, (laughs) exactly. Again, it's both Deep Blue Sea 2 and 3 are both direct-to-video considerably obviously lower budget made with you know limited resources and clearly you know lots of people who are not quite on the tier as the talent in the original film like just i mean career wise you know i'm not trying to say like they're talent wise or whatever but they're not you know there's no michael rapaport in deep blue c2 and deep blue c3 and if michael rapaport wasn't one of them he'd be like the lead you know but they still are fun and they're both doing something kind of different yeah well, actually, two and three are kind of the same movie. And they're all sort of just remakes of the first one. But I I think they're riffing on the theme enough that they're fun they, they, and they stand out. They both put in a, a good a good enough amount of different stuff and yeah. different takes and fun little ideas that it all works. So, Deep Blue Sea 2 2018 <laughs> is about Durant Pharmaceuticals creating the Achilles Complex and they're Again, basically named after another fucking Greek or yeah, that's a Greek one, I think. Yeah. yeah. In this case, they are trying to enhance these sharks to provide a drug that makes you smarter. It's the he's trying to make the limitless drug. Yeah. What's his face? Carl Durant, who's, yeah. you know, Durant Pharmaceuticals, the head of. So they enlist the help of a shark conservationist, Dr. Misty Calhoun. And two scientists to come just kind of like, I guess, check out their system. I, It seems Misty weird. Calhoun is her name. Uh, no notes. 10 yeah. out of 10. <laughs> the what? names in this movie. Like Trent Slater. Come on. <laughs> Trent Slater playing Thomas Jane's character, the shark handler. Yeah. You know, the rogue character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, it's another underwater facility. They're bringing these scientists in. It seems more to like show off what they did. Like he has kind of this flimsy reason why he wants her there, where he's like, why are they behaving like this? But ultimately, I feel like he's actually there to like brag. Yeah. Well, he's, you're talking about uh, Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Dude, he is Kanye. <laughs> oh my God. So much Kanye. of him in this movie, I love him because he is crazy. 
Everything he says and does is just like, oh my God. Like, you would watch this movie. There are probably people who would have seen this in 2018 and been like, all right, this character is a little outlandish. He's a little bit cartoon. Nobody's really like this. But like post 2020, 2021, 2022, you watch this movie and you're like, oh yeah, that's very on the nose. Like that's mm-hmm. very much, that's pitch perfect. That is every tech nutcase, every like rich fucking weirdo. That's who they are. Yep. So it, I really like him. He reads so genuine. <laughs> but yeah, he's totally just trying to show off. And in the process, obviously things go wrong. They get trapped in the facility again, this time with five sharks, a mama named Bella, and then four other sharks, and then... And then, (laughs) my favorite fucking thing in this movie, probably my favorite (laughs) thing in all three Deep Blue Sea movies, when it becomes a small creature horror movie. Because Bella (laughs) turns out she's pregnant, and... As everything's going wrong, it the trauma of all of this for like kind of forces her to give birth. <laughs> and so then not only do you have these five big sharks, but then you have this like swarm of little sharks that they describe as worse than super piranhas. Yeah. That's how they describe them, which I love. <laughs> I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> oh, are they like piranhas? No. Are they like super piranhas? No, they're worse. <laughs> I love that. And it's like a budget thing, I think, because it's like, yeah, we need to have these characters going through this set we build in like an alien scenario where they're being hunted by something. But like, we want the CGI to look good, but we don't have enough money for a lot of it. So what are we, how are we going to have something hunting these people in these corridors? And it's like, I know. What if there were a bunch of tiny sharks <laughs> that we can just, you know, I don't know, put a fan underwater yeah, and just like bubbles. cause a bunch of bubbles so that you know they're there and there you go. And it's such a fucking Corman trick. It's such a classic B-movie budget trick that I ha- you have to love it. Mm-hmm. And then they just put a couple of, you know, CGI baby shark swarm inserts and it works. Yeah. It, honestly, g- keeping in mind what this movie is, again, direct-to-video, you yeah. know, <laughs> B-movie... I love that. I, I love it. And it works so, so well. Great. I love the I, part where Daniel is like hanging above <laughs> the water and the sharks are just like jumping up at him. Like... It's, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so broad strokes again as they're trying to escape this facility that's blocked off at the top because of an explosion that, in this case, the sharks cause. They get picked off one by one, and at the end, it's basically just a couple of them left defeating, supposedly defeating the sharks. Yeah, so two has a 3.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which I feel like is, that's uh, that's harsh. Yeah, that's, that's, that is kind of mean. That's mean. It's way better than that. <laughs> It's not doesn't have a critic score on Ryan Tomatoes, but it has a 19 audience score. And again, I'm like, that's just that feels mean. Deep Blue Sea 2 has some fun ideas, some compelling themes, you know, some familiar themes that it does some really weird things with and uh, some great fucking kills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are some really good gags in this movie. And it just it bums me out that I don't know. I, I feel like it deserves more. I had a real good time with Deep Blue Sea 2. I think I liked three more, but I still had a lot of fun with two. And yeah, it definitely deserves way more than a 19%. So Deep Blue Sea 3 is a direct sequel to two. Yeah. Immediate sequel, I should say. They're all connected. Yeah. Well, they end up being connected. Yeah. Yeah. But in two and three, Deep Blue Sea, the first one is more a reference point. Yeah. Uh, In this one, it's basically 
There is a mostly abandoned abandoned African village off the coast of Mozambique yes. that has oh, little happy little happy that has fallen victim to rising sea levels due to climate change. It's mostly so underwater. It's mostly underwater. It only has two inhabitants and a small team of people that are running a foundation of what the centerpiece is a web series talking <laughs> like following sharks in this one lagoon is it near this water block. Yeah, it, which come on, come okay. on. <laughs> You tell us you don't have any creatives involved without telling us you don't have any creatives involved. So yeah, the Nick Collins Finn Foundation runs a water blog <laughs> where they basically it's about education. It's about educating what the effects of climate change has yeah. on sea populations, specifically sharks. Yeah, so you have Dr. Emma Collins and her crew, her like father's war friend Shaw. And then the Yeah, I wonder who he's named after. <laughs> and then the two tech People spin and Mia. And then along comes this ship, the Thesos. Yeah. Again, don't, what Do- are you doing? <laughs> With Dr. Collins, grad school fling, Richie Lowell. Yeah, which, okay. When they're like, <laughs> did they go to school together or did they go to school together? And it's like, because they hugged? What's right? wrong with you? People hug awkwardly sometimes without them having have fucked. Look, we can talk about Mia more later, but she's a gossip. <laughs> but in yeah. a fun way. Like, yeah. not like, you know, she's not yeah. shitty. Yeah. She just likes to, you know, she wants to know everybody's business. <laughs> yeah, she's in everybody's business. <laughs> Which, hey, that makes sense then why she's the person that's keeping track of all, like, the cameras and stuff. Oh, and yeah, why the, she's in charge of Triton. Yeah. And, and she literally knows where everybody is in the water at any given time. Yeah, she's the surveillance person, so she's a gossip. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's, hey, that's good writing. Yep. Okay, so uh, Dr. Lowell has brought his ship with a team of basically mercenaries, and they're trying to hunt down the remaining sharks from part two. Yeah. So they found Bella, who is dead, and oh, now yeah. they know that there are three remaining sharks. Yeah. And that they have made their way to this cove. Yeah, the three remaining of the enhanced bull sharks from two in this cove, where there's also a blue, a black tip shark population, and Emma's friend, great white. Yeah, sure. They're Sally. Well, they're frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as Emma even says when Sally puts her in her place, like, oh, she just does this. Yeah. Oh, she <laughs> like, she just l- reminds me occasionally that she could kill me without thinking too hard about it. <laughs> it's a fun friendship we have. Yeah, they go a lot. She's got, great. They go way back. Isn't she? Doesn't she look pretty today? Tell her she looks pretty. You really should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, things get a little screwed up. There, yeah. you know, the the science team you know, which is all about saving the sharks, doesn't quite agree with the methodologies of this ship that's like a, you know, dead or alive kind of thing. And Lucas, the... Well, except, so Richard has this whole thing where he's trying to use one of the sharks. He captured it to try to lure the others. And we should also add that they're representatives of Genotics Labs. Genotics Labs, yeah. Which is trying to snag up they bought the patents from the now failed durant Durant, pharmaceuticals and they're trying to kind of sweep up all the pieces and yeah so trying to salvage the research so that they can do something else although it's never quite clear exactly what their goal was because richard sort of whatever it's a mess (laughs) yeah it, it is messy we don't well we don't know what genotics once simply because we don't really have a true company representative yeah there's nobody like russell franklin or carl durant that's like gonna give you the real deal right you know 
But what we do have is Lucas and his three mercenaries who <laughs> are basically going to do whatever they can to capture or kill these sharks, including murdering everybody on the island. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of what they end up going for. They be, they get they go bad real quick. Yeah, they're not. I mean, when they first show up, you're like, well, I know these guys are no good. But then it's yeah, really no good when they're like, I know, we'll put a mine on this uh, place so it'll blow up and there'll be a tsunami and it'll, it'll wipe everything out. It, it'll little it'll literally kill every aquatic creature in the cove and then wipe out the entire rest of the island and yeah. kill the humans on it. So yeah, good people. Yeah, good job. Lucas. So yeah, there's some human on human fighting and then some human on shark fighting and some shark on shark fighting. Yeah, some shark on yeah, shark. Yeah, we get cuz Sally, of course. We get Chekhov's uh great white familiar <laughs> who comes back to save uh Emma and also we have we get a little reveal of some shark corpses when uh some gnarly great white to corpses. We know that the bull sharks are taking down sharks they're not uh, usually accustomed to taking down or equipped to taking yeah, down which is fun yeah a little slasher corpse diorama reveal but it's sharks that's fun we also get a shark brain oh i love that yeah i yeah. love when they're, when they're just like oh here's a shark brain just sitting out in the open so yeah that's deep blue c3 yeah well and then deep blue c3 ends with the yeah the human on human fighting yeah so they take out the they mercenaries blow, they blow up the ship they blow up the thesos take uh, out the mercenaries and then after they do that they decide they need to still kill the sharks because they can't be allowed yeah, to they're... run free <laughs> i love that ending too because i love that shaw is just like we don't have to do this we're alive we can just go and Emma's like, no, we got it. She's doing her final girl thing, right? Like, we can't leave. We have to make sure that the threat is dead. Mm-hmm. And Shaw's like, no. and it kind of feels like Shaw's like, guys, the movie's over. Right. <laughs> let's not let's not return to the king. This I we we're done. The movie. I want to get out of this movie. Well, I think also because Shaw knows that that means he's dead. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, there's yeah. no way a guy like that survives going after three sharks. Like yeah. he knows. Okay. Well, if we're gonna kill these, it's gonna be me doing it and sacrificing myself in the process. Yeah. Well, and then that's great because then at the end they discover Mia still alive, and we get our three girls on a boat together. I want that movie. <laughs> I want the follow up to Deep Blue. It's just three girls on a boat with Mia, Nandi, and Emma. Yeah. They're a thruple now. <laughs> I mean, it seems to suggest, doesn't Nandi say you're stuck with us yeah, now? Yeah, you're stuck with us now. We're going to save the world together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is the beginning of a TV show right yeah. there. And like, you know, Nandi and Mia both lost their boy toys. And, you know, so they have to grieve for a little while probably. Mm-hmm. But Well, they can all grieve together. Yeah. Okay. So that's Deep that's Blue Deep Seas. Blue sea and one, one through three. The Deep Blue Seas. Deep Blue Sea. One, two, three. I ruined it, didn't I? Yeah. I, I? I really fucked up there. Deep blue sea, baby. One, two, three. Okay. So do you want to talk about the sharks quick? Yeah, so the sharks are a little different from movie to movie. The first movie, first of all, is a different species than two and three. That's a mako. Yep. And then two, they're bull sharks, which are fun. I always like bull sharks. And three are bull sharks, too, with the addition of the great white element. Yes, but also in two, you got the baby sharks. Yes. Which, question... Are those the sharks in three? Yeah, they, they grew up, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel That's like what, those are the baby sharks. Because they make this comment like, Bella's kids, there are only three left. Yeah, so the baby sharks grew up to be... So this is, yeah, Gen 2. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the teen years. Bella's babies, the teen years. So 
<laughs> last year for the Jaws movies, we did like a fuck Mary kill. <laughs> like, imagine you're a shark. But I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I mean these these sharks don't have anywhere near the personality that the Jaws movie sharks do. No, but I I mean like they're enhanced, so they do things like swimming backwards and making plans, and I do love the tool use as well. Yeah, I mean they're smart. Yeah, but you know what I love most? I mean Bella's obviously the best of the sharks because we get the most from her. She's also a little spy. She's a little snooper. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a scene where Carl Durant in Deep yeah. Lucy 2 is talking about how when this experiment is done, he's going to kill all the sharks. <laughs> and and behind him, little Miss Bella is just staring in the window. <laughs> like, lit, uh, like, Oh, you're going to do what now? <laughs> yeah, she's listening excuse, in. Excuse me? <laughs> it's 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 kind of like in Jaws 3 when they're talking about the shark and then it comes up behind them and it's like, oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? Except the difference being that that shark breaks through the window. Yeah, this shark was just like, um, eavesdropping. Yep. And then, and then moves along. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the f- sharks in the first movie too, though, because they throw Stellan Skarsgård in a, you know, in a gurney. That is a great the, moment. <laughs> at the, at the window to break in. That is great. Yeah. That's the sharks. That's their brick at the, through the window of the police station. Well, right not there. only do they throw s- <laughs> brick Stellan at the window, <laughs> but before that they use brick Stellan as kind of like a, you know, to like slingshot the helicopter oh into the tower. Yeah. That's right. They, t- <laughs> they fucking bring that whole facility down. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. But two has, I mean, like a swarm of baby sharks. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with Swarm of Baby Sharks. And I will say, the sharks in three, the CGI is actually really good. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple moments where you're like, mm, but they all do some great kills. Yeah, I think three more than two does a better job of covering up its budget restraints. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But two's also trying to do more. Yeah, two, I think two has more ambition. Yeah, and but so that's three why. has more self-awareness <laughs> of its limitations. Which, you know what? Tomato, tomato, yeah. two different routes for the same goal. Like, I'm on board for both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, I like both. I don't know if I would choose one over the other. Right? Like, because there's a lot I love about three. I love, like, how well it understands. Like, well, we're going to, you know, we, we can't quite do this, so we'll do this instead. And, you know, that'll make it a little more grounded. But I also love two because it's the, like... Yeah, go for broke. Be nuts. Whatever. You don't have the money, but you got the ideas, and I appreciate the, I appreciate the spunk, kid. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, three has a lot of great budget action stuff, and there's great fight choreography. Mm, yeah, and, and like, like and it's good. it's not just the choreo, like the the fight performances are, especially the guy playing Lucas. He's so good. Like his he's such a good physical performer. I mean, that's got to be his background. Yeah, he's got to be a stuntman, fight choreographer, martial arts guy, because he really clearly knows what he's doing. And he's, God, he's going nuts. That whole end with Emma, like, it's so brutal. Okay, so any other thing you want to say about the sharks? The sharks themselves also have a lot of great kills that I love. I love a good air jaws jumping in the air, biting somebody's head off. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that they that sharks in two knocked over gas into the ocean, and it's, it's like so they could start a fire. But I'm like, ah, those are Hesher sharks. Those <laughs> sharks are trying to huff gas. 
And that's the only way you can do it when you breathe underwater. Yeah, yeah. You got to dump the gas into the water. And then just the explosion was like a, a and little just benefit. they're all fucked up, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny that the sharks get controlled by a fucking, like, it's like a, a little gift clicker. bag flashlight. <laughs> it's like a dog clicker, like a little training clicker, right? Yeah. But also, I don't think a one-button controller is really, you know, you might need to get make it a little more complex if you're trying to control genetically enhanced sharks right well there's a lot of things that a lot of people needed to think more thoroughly about in these movies <laughs> that's very true so let's start talking about the people yeah look that's the thing these are movies about sharks but they're really movies about people mm-hmm. and how people relate to other people so each of these films has some pretty standard kind of archetypal roles that are filled in each of them you know they all kind of carry through and so i want to do some fuck mary kills of each of these roles okay so i'd say first is the shark scientist in each of we kind of have in each one we kind of have this person who is the shark expert the head of the well not always the head they kind of change up these archetypes a little bit from movie to movie Mm -hmm. yeah these these roles and classes <laughs> but you have the person who is the go-to scientist yeah yeah, yeah. the well, centerpiece the, scientist the, the person yeah the person who's got like an investment in the work yes yeah. so in the first one you have dr susan McAllister. yeah saffron burrows then in the second one it's dr misty calhoun <laughs> 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 jesus christ and then in the third one it is Dr. Dr. Emma, Emma Collins. Collins. Okay, so fuck, Mary kill, Dr. Collins, Dr. McAllister, and Dr. Calhoun. Oh, Jesus. Wow. I mean, <laughs> fuck all of them? <laughs> I'd marry all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. Okay, McAllister is, she's a Frankenstein. She's a Dr. Frankenstein. She is, yeah. She is like, it's all about that, you know? It's all about how wrapped up she is in this thing. And it really is like, it's a tragedy. (laughs) She gets killed by her creation that she just, she was just trying to get rid of Alzheimer's, you know, as a favor to all of us. Yeah. Well, and she also had a personal kind of, well, yeah, Yeah. reason to do so. Yeah. Her father, she lost her father at Alzheimer's. Yeah. So, you know, like it means something to her, Mm -hmm. but here's, I don't know. I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I could, marry her she is a bit intense yeah yeah but so is dr calhoun they're all intense yeah none of them are not intense yeah they take their work very seriously (laughs) yeah dr calhoun though is probably the most antagonistic of the three of them i mm, emma can be pretty antagonistic i feel like emma's given more reason to yeah although no you know what actually you're you're right because I, I made a comment when she first walks into her like lab. She's an she, asshole. She's right a away. dick to yeah. everybody in there. Yeah. Like yeah. immediately tearing into people. Yeah. She's immediately pretty shitty to everyone on her team. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Actually, she's the most antagonistic. It's weird though, because she's not like that for the rest of the movie. She's just like that a little bit up front. And yeah. you're kind of like, what the fuck? Maybe she's just having a bad day. Do these people like you? What? <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. Cause then she's not as bad. And Here's the thing about Misty Calhoun. So, in this... <laughs> Trent is a bad influence. Trent is, like, trying to get her to be... I mean, first of all, Trent sucks. Yeah. Trent's an Trent's a asshole. Trent's a bad guy. And he's bad at his job. He's And he's an idiot. Yeah. He's, <laughs> like, everything he says is dumb. He doesn't know how to do anything. I mean, we'll talk about him in a minute, but my favorite is how he's like standing on the surface, staring at all of this gas 
at pouring into the ocean and then the busted electrical box and then just like ca- calmly casually walks away <laughs> like <laughs> i do also though i like that there's this scene where they're arguing about who's gonna go in the water you know like she's like oh i'm gonna do it and he's like no i'm gonna do it and they do this it has to be a joke it has to be played for last it has to be deliberate because it's like a site it's like a wardrobe change site gag because she's like, I'm going to go do it. And she puts on the wet that cuts back to her or something. She's got the wetsuit on. You're like, how the fuck did she get the wetsuit on already? And then it cuts back to Mike. Sorry, not Trent. It cuts back to Mike. And he's already in the water in full scuba gear. And uh-huh. you're like, dude, you were just standing on the other side of the room. What happened? Uh, it's hilarious. Sorry, what was my point? Oh, Misty Calhoun. Misty Calhoun. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Is is egged on by Trent. That's the thing. It's like Trent is making this a toxic environment for everyone. Well, he's not the only one, but he's not helping. Yeah, he's not. I mean, <laughs> pretty much everyone is making it a toxic work environment, except for like, I don't know, Aaron. The thing about Misty, though, is that like, okay, she has every reason to be antagonistic towards Carl Durant, but she does it immediately. Yeah. When he like comes in, introduce herself and he's like, and you must be not into small talk is her response. <laughs> Look, she's a busy lady. No, she's not. She's she- a professional. She is a woman in a male dominated industry of mad shark science. And she literally just got paid $50,000 just to come here and just hear what he has to say. So come on, like. No, you know what? I love that. <laughs> Misty's my Mary. I'm marrying really? Misty. Really? Marrying yeah. Misty. Okay, okay, fine. You can marry Misty. I am marrying Dr. Emma Collins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to hang out at Little Happy. I mean, until it's no longer yeah, there. Yeah, it's a Little Happy's pretty. Of the three places, I think Little Happy is where I would be the most comfortable. Aquatica is like second, but but Achilles is just like a it's like a rundown Aquatica. Yeah. So it's like a half aquatica. It's a qu- aquartica. <laughs> a quor- okay. <laughs> okay, sure. But yeah, then between Dr. McAllister and Dr. Calhoun, I honestly, I think I'm fucking McAllister. It's Saffron Burroughs and it's the 1990s. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, kidding. no. I do like Dr. Calhoun. I don't dislike her. I just think she's the one I could handle the least of the three of them. <laughs> See, I think my approach to Misty Calhoun... <laughs> Would just be like, whatever you want to do, honey. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride. Look, let's be serious. That's kind of the approach you need to take to all three all of three them. All three of them, yeah, absolutely. You're never, you can't compete with shark brains. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Although Emma's thing isn't shark brains. Actually, yeah, you know what? I think Emma's probably the one I would marry now that I think about it. Because she is like, you know, yeah, maybe she was just having a bad day at the beginning of that movie. And she redeems herself. Yeah. Yeah, and she's not into messing with sharks' brains. Nope. You know, she's the one that's just like, we're it's climate change. and Plus, she needs me. She needs me to tell her that the title she has for her video series is not good. Yeah, she needs a, a creative yeah, partner. Yeah, I'll be the creative partner for her thing, you know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, so then what about, I guess we'll call them the rogue characters? Oh, yeah. They're usually our diver expert or shark wranglers. Yep. So we have... The bad boys. The bad... Yes, the bad boy characters. Yeah. So you got Carter Blake, played by Thomas Jane in yeah. uh, the first one. The second one has Trent Slater. Uh. 
And then in the third one, it's it's and, Shaw, right? And like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they Eugene, they kind of, I think Shaw. Yeah, Eugene Shaw. They telegraph Lucas is kind of that character, but then he ends up being the bad guy. Yeah, well, he yeah he, he that movie takes some turns. <laughs> Three really takes some turns with like, oh, this you think this character's this guy, but he's actually this thing, and oh, you think that their motivation is this, but it's actually this thing that also makes no sense. Like it's it's great. So fuck Mary Kill Shaw. Trent and Carter. God, Shaw is so hot. Mm-hmm. And Carter I mean, is it's Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane. And it's 1999. <laughs> That's my Mary. Yeah. I honestly, Deep Blue Sea gave me the biggest fucking crush on Thomas Jane. Oh, Thomas yeah. Jane in a wetsuit yeah. for a whole movie? Are you yeah. kidding me? I, I think of my Mary as Shaw. That's fair. I totally understand that. I mean, it's weird because I'm like, yeah, I don't like the military thing. I like the like, patriarchal like kind of yeah, daddy yeah, thing yeah, he has. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I don't know. Maybe that's the hot thing, right? Like daddy's <laughs> oh, friend. Yeah. Oh, you know? daddy's, yeah, daddy's Dad's friend. hot friend. <laughs> that's what he is. He's dad's hot friend. He's Emma's dad's hot friend. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like Trent. Trent's my kill. Trent's an easy kill. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just, so dumb. He just sucks. He sucks. He just sucks. Although I will say, I mean, I'm still killing him, but he is hot and... I, I don't mean to be mean, but like sex with a hot idiot can be really fun. It can also be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it can be. Uh, it can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Sex with a hot idiot can can go both ways. But why roll those dice when you have Shaw? Yeah, right. There right. You got Carter. Shaw and Carter. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, you know what? It's Carter's the Mary. Although I don't love him either. He's a little... He's a little much. He's a little much. He does, He plays up his like, I'm just a dumb idiot. You know, he plays up this thing of like, it's the labeling theory thing again that you brought up. Oh, uh, well, everybody treats him like a grunt. So, so he he's just like, well, I'm a fucking grunt. grunt. And he ends up being like kind of confrontational about it with people all the time. You know, like when they don't even mean to be insulting. I feel like sometimes Dr. McAllister says things to him where he's <laughs> overreacts. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be like, well, I, I'm just an idiot. I don't understand big city science like dumb like you, you big city science lady or whatever. You know, it's weird. And he just, yeah, he kind of just seems a little standoffish. But again, it's Thomas J. I, I, that's why I have to marry Carter yeah. and fuck Shaw. Yeah. I mean, but either answer is yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. Except picking Trent. Except picking Trent. Trent's, no, come on. <laughs> Did you watch the movie? Okay, so then we have the company rep, the company representative, the CEO, the person who is kind of bringing the ideals of whatever company is part of this film into the environment. Yeah. So obviously in the first one, you have Russell Franklin, yep. Samuel Jackson's character. <laughs> yep. Then you have... Carl Durant. Carl Durant in <laughs> two. God, he's just so... He's Nuts. a lunatic. He is he is insane, this guy. Oh my god. Delightfully yeah. insane. Delusional, narcissistic, drug like a, addicted. He's just like a walking dunning Kruger effect. Like, <laughs> oh my god, he's great. And then I think in the third one, I think your best choice is probably gonna be Lucas. Lucas is the one that's there, like for nobody else but the company. Mm-hmm. It, he's just doing it in a very intense way. I do like his little line where he's like I wish I wrote it down, but it was something along the lines of like, I'm just, you know, billionaires pay me to make sure yeah. that their their kids can be billionaires in, 
in control of everything <laughs> as the world burns, yeah, essentially. Like, <laughs> he has this really sophisticated understanding of the mechanics of capitalism. Yeah. It, it, and it's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, no, he's a psychopath because he understands how this works perfectly. And is still completely on board. And is still fine Well, with it's it. a very boomer mentality. It's like, I'm getting mine and I'm going to die before anybody else suffers, you know, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's weird because Richard also kind of has something like that going on. You know, where he's like, oh, capitalism, you know, this is the problem. But he's like also an idealist. Yeah. Sort of. And it's almost like Lucas and Richard are the company man split into two. And one of them is given like, one of them is given the the rogue subclass, you know, and the other is given the, the fucking the scientist, scientist subclass, subclass. Because oh my God, you're Richard so right. is, he's the shark brain scientist, right? But Lucas is kind of like a Trent. I mean, Trent has way more anger issues than Lucas, but Lucas is, yeah, he's the like patriarchal, like, I'm a man, masculine, fucking. Wait, you think Trent has more anger issues than Lucas? Lucas, who decides to murder everybody involved (laughs) in this? Trent, like, Trent, okay, no. They just, Lucas handles his anger, he channels his anger. Into psychopathy. Into, into like really awful behavior. Okay, sure. But you're right. He doesn't lose his He's cool. not like yelling at people like Trent. <laughs> True. He's not like freaking out like He's just Trent. murdering. He's Although, not yelling. That is one thing about Deep Blue Sea 2 is that it seems like everybody has like a freak out moment and uh, everybody has like a, like a I, I hate you moment to somebody. It's really strange. That movie, the emotional stakes are just fucking in the sky the entire time <laughs> so here's the fuck mary kill then here's what i'm yeah. gonna say fuck mary kill russell franklin carl durant and it's gotta be lucas right and lucas and oh a three-way richie together lucas and richard because yeah. wow. you know you're, you're right until things go way south they balance each other out yeah they're kind of both company men and the thing is they both represent different stupid things about the company you know like Richard's whole thing is like, well, the company, it's like, he's like the Paul Reiser in Aliens. He's Burke. Yeah. He's we the need one to bring like, back. I got to the... bring the thing back. Yeah. And Lucas is like, we have to protect have the to, company's assets. We have to protect the company's assets, which means destroying them, which is like, yeah, that's fine. Oh, but you also want to kill all the witnesses. Mm, not so great. So it's, yeah, it's like, it's doing a thing that normally isn't what the evil company does through Lucas's actions, at least. Also, I mean, they both have pretty great deaths, but Richie's. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, here's the thing. He's the one that gets the Russell Franklin death yeah. in this movie. With the line, I'd rather die with her than live like you. And then jumps off the boat and gets air jawsed. <laughs> this fucking shark flies up in the air and says, you're not even going to touch the water before you're in my mouth. And the funny thing is, I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. No. <laughs> it's really wild. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Deep Blue Sea 3 is the Scream 3 of the Deep Blue Sea. I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> but, I don't agree with that. But it is doing, it is doing a lot of like playing with the archetypes set up by the previous two Deep again. That might be giving Deep Blue Sea 2 more credit. It's essentially just like an Asylum mockbuster remake of the first movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But the third movie seems to understand, like, this is these are our expectations, and this is what we're going to do to kind of subvert those. I, and I appreciate that. Okay, so Fuck, Mary Kill, Russell Franklin, Carl Durant, and then Lucas and Richie together. Well, come on. That's your fuck. I mean, yeah, you're going to put them both together. Know, it's, it's like easy. more the merrier, you know, quantity over quality. Sure. One on each end. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I think, I, I don't think anybody on this planet could ha- handle Carl Durant. I, I want to marry <laughs> Russell Franklin. <laughs> you, yeah, you marry Russell Franklin because he gets eaten by a shark and you know that life insurance premium is going to pay out big. <laughs> I also feel like if he never died, I would be fine marrying yeah, Russell Franklin. No, for Franklin. sure. Yeah. Well, he's, again, he's, he's an interesting... <laughs> I love that. You think water moves fast? You should see ice. You should see ice. That whole speech is great. What we're not going to do is jump. I don't know. I I kind of like, I feel like if this is the self-destructive person in me talking, but there's a part of me that would love to be married to Carl, Carl Durant because... I, I say this with as much love as I can muster, Andy. You couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, it would be such a... Yeah, you're right. It would be such a nightmare. He's just so hilarious, though. He's taking these pills and they do like the Breaking Bad thing <laughs> or the meme thing with like yeah, equations <laughs> floating around. I fucking love that. But you also don't know, like, is he this unhinged because of the drugs? It's a chi- There's a chicken and egg situation going on with I mean, Carl. One of the characters does name that and yeah, say... Yeah, that's right. Craig, right? When he's writing a, his gossipy email or yeah. something. <laughs> Craig the gossip. Craig the gossip. I love that he's like obsessed with AI. Like, that's his thing? Like, obsessed isn't afraid of. Yeah, he wants to be smarter than AI, which is why he's making this drug, which is like, wow, I know fucking open micers more stable than you. (laughs) Like, that's nuts. It's great. And yeah, he's a bad boss. So he's definitely, I'm sorry, yeah, he's the kill. He's he's a problem. Yeah. So then you have the tech nerd character. Mm -hmm. So in the first one, it's Michael Rappaport's Tom Scoggins. Scogg? Scoggs? Scoggs. Scoggs. In the second, it is Aaron. And then in the third, it is Spin. Spin. Spinnaker. Fuck, Mary kill. Scog, Aaron, and Spin. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say something kind of wild. I kind of want to kill Scoggs. Yeah, that's fine. I think I'm I think with he's you. kind of the most annoying of them. Yeah, I actually really like what they give Aaron in the second one. How he has this sort of whole side thing with um, Josh, that other random dude, where he's like he brought him on board. Like they go, they're like oh, friends. yeah, they're old friends. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Aaron's given a lot of like more interesting things to do rather than just be in the background and say quips. Yeah. And then Spin, I, I mean, he and Mia are so Yeah, cute. they're cute. I really like them. And of course, the minute he starts like confessing his love to Mia, it's like, ah, we know where this is going. Right. Bye. Bye, bye Spin. Bye, Spin. So I'm going to marry Aaron and fuck Spin. I'm going to marry Spin and fuck Aaron. Okay. You don't mind if I have a quick round no, before no, no, you no, go? Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. So are, are we ready to move on to our awards? Yeah, well, why not? Okay. Let's start with our annual <laughs> Shark Week Award for MVP. The MVP. For, and for those of you who don't sport like me, that means most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those who don't sport. So let's start with the first Deep Blue Sea. I feel like contenders would be Dr. Susan McAllister. Yeah. Carter Blake. Of course. Of course, Preacher. Preach, yeah. Who, again, I just want to name is preacher's name is sherman dudley sherman dudley yeah (laughs) that's like the anti misty calhoun yeah it's the the opposite it's misty calhoun should be named sherman dudley (laughs) (laughs) 
do you want to nominate anybody else besides those three? Those three are my top contenders. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the only th- they're the only one. Well, only two of them live. Right. Right. So I feel like I feel like part of the criteria for MVP is you have to live or die in a meaningful way that helps everybody else. Yeah, and so. On that note, do you think that Dr. Susan McAllister's death is a death that helps anybody? Because it kind of seems a little pointless. <laughs> it feels very pointless. Like, what does she accomplish? She buys them time. Yeah. But also, she actually makes the situation worse because doesn't Carter Blake then dive in to try to save her? Yes. Yeah. But that's how the shark ends up dying. Well, because Carter, you know, evades it, gets on its fin, <laughs> and yeah. then Preacher shoots but, the fin okay, and but Carter. But he had to be in the water to do that. True. So, you know, it almost seems like that was the whole part of her plan. She's a genius. Stop holding women to a higher standard than you hold men, Philip. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'm also going to say, just, I'm going to throw this out there as a little side note. In every one of these cases at the end of the film when they're like, we have to kill them, we can't let them out, mm-hmm. my response is, you know what, fuck it, let them go. I mean, look, something's going to get us, you know? Yeah. It might as well be sharks with giant brains. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm. I, you know what? Let's level the fucking playing field a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sharks are endangered. Maybe what we need is someone to make these sharks into monsters. Yeah. Make us afraid of the water again. Well, yeah. you're already afraid, but... Yeah. Yeah. What? Orca's got to do all the fucking heavy lifting around here? Mm-hmm. Come on now, scientists. That said, McAllister's whole thing was, yeah, you're right. Mama was heading out the fence, and she, yeah. she had to be like, let's, let's bring her back for a second. Yeah. So I guess she did buy time, but... Is she the MVP? Probably not. No. I also don't think Carter... Uh, Carter, I feel like, is the one that has the biggest plan, you know, when it comes to, like, problem-solving stuff. He's always the one that's like, we gotta do this, right? I think that he should have done better. Yeah. Considering what his role is, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. he's fine. Like, he does a decent job, but he should he yeah. should have done better. And he is, like, he is unlike say Trent or... Lucas. Lucas or Richard or, I mean, I mean most of the people in 3... He doesn't really complain when he just makes a decision of like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of just goes and does it. Uh, whereas the other, everybody else is in the other two movies just kind of like seems, they seem to be doing a lot of groaning, you know? Yeah. And come on, eyes on the prize, people. Head in the game. Having said that, I think for me, who I am most impressed by <laughs> in Deep Blue Sea is Preach. And that that's my my pick as well. For a number of reasons. First of all, he's doing the most with the least. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not a shark scientist no. or a diving expert or a rig mechanic, he, whatever yeah, you would call it. He's just there to cook. Yeah, and hang out with a bird, and that's it. And the fact that he even survived gives him tons of props. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's got a tenacity to him. And here's the thing, I'm not super... If we we're going to do a fuck, Mary kill on the MVPs of Deep Blue Sea... I think he's, I hate to say it, I think he's my kill. Okay. Because I can't handle that much religion talk, you know? Uh, yeah, that is a thing. I just, like, it's, he, it's, it's, he's too into it. It's not for me. But I want to give him credit for this. This is the thing that I think is most impressive about Preach. He is a low-key recovering alcoholic. He is doing this whole thing while fighting his addiction to alcohol. They never say it, but there are some moments, like, when he's talking about, like, his sinning and transgressing and everything. And he, the bottle he takes to start drinking when he knows the Lord is mad at him for drinking it is not booze. That is cooking sherry. Right. You do not drink cooking sherry unless you're an alcoholic. Yeah. You don't drink it to drink it. 
You drink it to get fucked up because you are dependent on it. So I just think that that is an interesting little thing that they don't really call a lot of attention to. But I see it. I see you preach. I see your work at the meetings. Plus, he manages to kill one shark and help kill another one. On his one. own and yeah. then help kill another one. Yeah. Yeah, he kills a shark by himself. You know, yeah, he is the MVP. Yeah. He is the only one. Like, he's, he does the most out of everybody. Absolutely. And he has a song. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. So he's our MVP of Deep Blue Sea One. Yeah, he also has this line I've always found very interesting where he says, death is always useless. And I'm like, one, that doesn't sound like a very Christian thing to say. I feel like, right? Because the whole Christian thing is like, death is, you know, you're, you're Christian, so you have eternal life, whatever. I just love that, though, when they're like, death is, th- their deaths will be useless. Death is always useless. Okay, are we going to have this argument now? <laughs> On that note, can I just say really quick, in the argument about Dr. McAllister's whole thing, in, in that regard, and then also with Carter Blake, do you I'm, mean Do you mean her, by her whole thing, do you mean her wanting to make shark brains bigger? No, no. I oh, okay. mean her, once shit goes down, wanting to save the research. Oh. And people yeah. people push back against that, both Preacher and Carter. I'm on Team Ca- McAllister I, okay. there. I'm, I'm, here's the thing. I'm Team McAllister on several fronts. I am Team McAllister on, first of all, the making shark brains bigger. I want to just be clear. I'm pro making shark brains bigger. Not for any other reason than to just have them be bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's because I'm, and it's not because I'm Team I mean, of course, I'm team anti-Alzheimer's. Well, yeah. Obviously, you, you don't. Nobody's really, team yeah, Alzheimer's. Who, who's pro-Alzheimer's? Right? Rude. Read the room, people. Do better, okay? If you're pro-Alzheimer's, do better. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pro-shark. Yes. So I'm pro most of what Susan McAllister's decisions are. Mm-hmm. But I'm also definitely pro-saving the research. Because, it se- yeah, it seems like pointless to not have that right. after all of this, you know? Yeah. After Scout Stellan Skarsgård gets thrown through a window like a brick at Stonewall. <laughs> and, <laughs> and honestly, I mean, she is right that if all this shit is going down, this is the one thing that they have. Yeah. You know, and I just, I feel like it's weird to demonize her for that. There's a lot of, but all of these movies have weird little, like, seemingly anti-science dips in them that are that are very strange to me not so much the third one i guess there's still some of it though but the first one especially is just like guys you can't see what she's trying to do here wait what really quick one more thing about preach that scene where they're looking for batteries and is it scoggins is it scoggs is it michael rapaport who's like oh yeah does she have a vibrator basically and preach is like come on man and it's like no that's actually smart Right. That's actually very smart of him. So maybe Scoggins is a v- MVP? Mm, no, probably no. not. No. Yeah. Preacher's the MVP. Preacher still is, but Preacher, you need to get a little less prude about your your problem-solving things here. I have this like fantasy headcanon about this movie though that like and I honestly have had this since I first saw it as a teenager in <laughs> oh, 1999 shit. that after this movie, uh Preacher gets a lot more he 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 checks in with himself and becomes a lot more honest with who he is. And he and Carter actually end up together. Oh yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Because I just, I want that to, well, they killed a shark together. You know, it doesn't really get, can you have a more intimate connection with another person outside of killing a shark together? I don't believe you can. Speaking of deep blue sea two opening with the shark finners, uh, awful people. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, let's when we say killing a shark together, we mean it's out of self-defense. Self yeah, self-defense. Yeah, no, you don't go murdering sharks. Fuck people who have anything to do with the shark finning industry. Shark finning industry is so fucked up. It's yeah, so fucked up. It's I awful. I don't care the situation. I refuse to ever try shark fin soup. Yeah, no. And I condemn anyone that does. <laughs> I'm that? serious. Yeah, I no. condemn it. I stopped. There's a restaurant I used to love that I stopped eating at because I found out that they serve shark fin soup. It's and I was monstrous. like, how is that even fucking legal? Right, but Maybe those guys, in hell. those guys really care about each other. I mean, they're awful scumbag pieces of shit, but they have an intimate connection. That is true. Yeah, my brew. Oh, so you're <laughs> arguing that even shark finners can like bond over? They their found shark look. Finning. They found love in a hopeless so place. So Carter and Preach can find love too. <laughs> I'm I'm shipping Carter and Preach. Okay, not so much the the shark finners. Well, they got what was I don't ship any finners. I'm not shipping any finners. If you're finning, I'm not shipping. <laughs> That's what I'll say to you. I do love that the sharks basically fin that guy, though. Yeah. Like, it's very poetic. They have a sense of justice. Mm -hmm. They bite his arms and legs off and let him sink to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, chef's kiss. Yeah, that was beautiful. Okay, so Deep Blue Sea 2 MVP. Uh, I mean, it's got to be Misty. I mean, are there any other There's candidates? There's no one. This is the thing. There are two contenders, Misty and Aaron. And Aaron, he doesn't do anything at the very end. He does very little, but he does give a pep talk to Daniel because Daniel's like, let me die after he witnesses. I hate Daniel so much, but what happens to him is pretty fucked up. Yeah. He does have to watch as his new wife, Leslie, is has her face chewed up by baby sharks. I feel like her last moment, like when she goes under the water and then pops back up with her face half gone, I think she did that consciously. Oh she, oh, she she did. She was like, look she at was, me. Oh, I'm going to traumatize you, you yeah. piece of shit. Look what you did to me. <laughs> she We're was, here like, because of you. You're going to pay. Yeah, the conversation. Have fun with your nightmares. The conversation about how he went behind her back, like they seem to wrap it up, but you know in the back of her head, she's like, you're going to pay for oh, this. Oh, are you kidding me? Of like, course. Like when we get off this, it, at the time when she's like, when we get out of this, we're going to talk. I mean, she was either going to bring it up again like 10 years later or... You know, when he, when her face gets bitten off by... But, like, what better revenge than somebody backstabbing you <laughs> than, than to, like, like, throw your <laughs> mutilated face at them? You're never gonna forget what this looks like. <laughs> and he doesn't for the rest of his life. Which is very short. <laughs> he does... This is the one reason I'm like, I don't think... Well, two reasons. That Aaron doesn't deserve MVP. One, I feel like he only does that because he feels bad about sitting there and letting Josh die. Because he basically has the same thing that Daniel has with Leslie, with Josh, where he watches Josh die on the other side of a door that he can't help him. <laughs> you saw that scene where Josh is like, have, or I mean, uh, where Aaron is forced to watch, watch Josh die. Yeah. And thought, oh, you know, poor Aaron, poor Josh. Me, I was just like, Aaron, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. They're distracted. <laughs> what are you doing? You have a chance to yeah. go. You don't need to remember this. So I want you to know, Andy, that if we're in a scenario where whatever's targeting us targets you first, I'm running. And I want you to know that if it targets you first, I'm going to watch you die. <laughs> you know what? That tracks for I our personalities. I don't know which is worse. Yeah. So, But I feel like Aaron's only doing that talk because he feels guilty about that. Also, he can relate to Daniel because they both just lost somebody close to them. It is a, a good in talk. In a very though. fucked up way. It is very good talk. It ultimately, doesn't mean anything because Daniel dies anyway. Pretty quickly after very that. Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something. 
you know? Uh, otherwise, yeah, there are no MVPs in this movie except for Misty. It feels like Misty is the only one that has any decent ideas. Yeah, and even that, they are not like they're the not best. great. They're not great, but she is constantly but she's trying. She's trying against her colleagues who all have the worst instincts or are just like, I'm not doing that. But yeah, because most of the ideas anybody else has are like, well, let's get in the water and swim for it. And then she's like, what about the sharks? And they're like, maybe they're gone. Let's see. She hates bull sharks so much. Yeah. From the very beginning, they're like, is there any sharks you don't like? Bull sharks. She already knows. She thinks about it. Mm-hmm. You got to work that out, Misty. It feels personal. It does. It feels ignorant. Yeah. Anyway, she's the, I, she's the MVP by, def- by, de- by, default. by default. Yeah. Any other movie she wouldn't be, but like yeah. against yeah. a cast of, in, of idiots. You yeah. Know? She does administer CPR to somebody. Successfully. She does use a blowtorch. Unsuccessfully. Kind of. Well, she opens the door, but then she tries to use the blowtorch to get the fish, which I was like, what is her plan here? Yeah, that doesn't seem smart. Because, like, it, I mean, it, it still works underwater, but not very, it doesn't have a very good distance. I, I Look, it, it was the only thing at her hand. She used it. I can't fault her for that. Um, she does ask for bang sticks, which is weird, because aren't those illegal? Also, like, don't shark people... Car- conservationists hate bang sticks i mean it's the tool of the finner yeah but you know desperate measures yeah and they yeah okay and they, look they are bull sharks and she fucking hates bull sharks yeah so, so all things out the window on that yeah. one. so yeah misty is the mvp by default of part two who is yeah. the mvp of three i think uh, i mean it's emma it has to be emma right yeah shaw does kill two of them in one go i think it's yeah i think it's shaw and emma and shaw does like he does hold off Lucas a little bit. Yeah. You know, he fights him. He's it, probably the reason Mia lives. Yeah. Also, he his timing on like getting that, I think it's uh, Earl's on top of him just as the shark is coming to rip <sighs> his head off. That's great timing. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Between the two of them, do we give it to both or do we have to choose one? Well, she's still alive. At the end. So I think it by default goes to the living person. Okay. You know? you know what? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that posthumous MVP awards are off the table, but. But if it's like a tie, yeah. the one who lives gets it. And the one thing I will say with Emma, uh, Shaw kills two sharks. Emma only kills one. But Emma kills one of the henchmen through yes. her friendship with Sally the shark. And Emma also <laughs> yeah, that's kills right. Lucas. She's a shark whisperer. Yeah. So she's, yeah. Shaw's not going to get back up from Sally. No. He can't summon a familiar. So yeah, she's she's because of her two of the the evil guys die and yeah. one of the sharks. So you know what? And she lives. So yeah. it's Emma. I mean, yeah, she's probably bad to work for for a lot of reasons, but maybe she's learned her lesson in that regard. So then we can move on to our Mayor Vaughn Award. Oh yeah, let's do Mayor Vaughn first. Yeah. Um, so Mayor Vaughn, just to reiterate is an award given to somebody in a, some kind of a position of authority who is actively making choices that make the situation worse. Yes. And usually out of like ignorance or short-sightedness or mm-hmm. for goals that like are Personal, silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, well, in, 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 in comparison to the situation. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the like the maintaining the status quo. I don't want, I'm in a p- position of leadership, but it's easier for me to ignore problems than it is to try to solve them and face them uh, if it will disrupt uh, business as usual yes. is pretty much what it is. For, I want to say this. Carl Durant, before we get into the conversation, I 
feel like he transcends Mayor Vaughn. He is so... He, he, it's almost like he's like he's the Melissa of Mayor Vaughn's. He's so fucking far gone. You know? He's so cartoonish. I love Michael Beach, that actor, his performance. It's one of the most interesting performances in all three movies. And I just love how he's... He's never wrong. Literally, he never admits any kind... Like, Mayor Vaughn... In the first Jaws movies, at least like you can tell, he knows what he's doing is wrong. Right. He feels some shame over it. And then eventually he does kind of give in and make the right decision because he doesn't have an option left. Durant never thinks he's wrong, never feels shame, never feels doubt, never feels like any kind of remorse. Every time somebody calls him on something, he has a, a like, no, but I'm right. You know, mm-hmm. when he gets, when she, when Misty calls him psychotic, he's surprised by it. He's like, why would you call me that? I'm not psychotic. I'm just smart. <laughs> you just don't understand me. And I love that he is, he's like a musk in that he clearly, he's not a scientist. He's just hiring all these scientists. But every time he talks about the work, the research, the findings, he always says, my research, my work. My research, my work, my findings. Like, mm-hmm. he's taking credit for other people's work. But he also, like, is taking these pills that are making him crazier and more narcissistic. It's so... It's just wild. I love it. But I'm like, he's do Mayor Vaughn for Mayor Vaughn. You know, he's like Super Saiyan Mayor Vaughn. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think you're right. He transcends the Mayor Vaughn Award specifically because he's too crazy. In, in the realm of... <laughs> being in charge of leadership. I can't, I mean, like there, there's no, you have to at least be grounded enough to be charged with incompetence. Yeah. You know, he is never, ever grounded. No. So like he moves into a different category that we don't have one. He is the most distilled, purest form of what the Greeks called hubris <laughs> that I've seen in a direct to video American genre movie like he's so full of hubris he is so defying the gods with every moment (laughs) when he locks misty in the hallway with the sharks and that trent's like what are you doing and he's just like what well now we can get away he doesn't understand why trent is upset and then when trent's like what the fuck are you doing he's like oh well now you can you know when we when we get out of here you'll be more motivated to go help her think of it as incentive like he thinks he's being a good boss when he does that like this is something if he were to write a book on his management style he would include this as a chapter of what he does right like it's so beyond the pale i love it and one of his last things he says too is like they're all going to die and they're trapped on this thing and he he goes oh, when the shark i think it's when the shark eats the drone and he goes Oh my God, my sharks are incredible. <laughs> he is. He still else. thinks of himself as this. Uh, it's so great. So I just want to say, I feel like he's the obvious choice for the Mayor of Honor Award, but I think he's beyond it. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. Carl Durant does not get the Mayor of Honor Award. <laughs> no, he's too. He's beyond Mayor Vaughn. Someday we'll come up with a new category yeah. that, that <laughs> encompasses just who Carl yeah. Durant becomes. Yeah, but his it's equi- not Mayor Vaughn. His equivalent in the Jaws movies is whatever dark force created the shark from Jaws. <laughs> he is evolution. Yes. He is the he is the cataclysmic endpoint of evolution. <laughs> so who are our other contenders? It'd be Russell, right? Russell Franklin? Yes. Yeah. 
And I mean, is there a Mayor Vaughn in Deep Blue Sea so 3? So in 2, it would be... The lawyer. Yeah, but he doesn't really... I mean, yeah, the t- in 2, the only one, I think, is is Durant. So 3, I mean, it's it's the company. It's almost like, you know, the Mayor Vaughns are faceless. The Mayor Vaughn is the bureaucrat. I mean, to some degree, the Mayor Vaughns are the scientists. You know, in, in part 1, it would be McAllister is our Mayor Vaughn as well. I mean, I, I think it's split between Russell Franklin and, and Dr. McAllister. Yeah. Because she's the one that's sort of like... No, the research, and I did something illegal, and it created this problem. I mean, it's it's kind of messy, because these are more like, it's more of a Frankenstein thing than a Jaws thing. But that's one of the things I like about the first movie, is that there's no, like, once it's clear there's a problem, they all are kind of like, okay, well, we have to solve it. And right. they might be disagreeing over how to do that, and what the priorities necessarily are, you know? I guess May- the Mayor Vaughn moment for McAllister is her going back to get the research. Yeah. You know, because she's endangering uh, their survival chances for that. But even Russell Franklin pretty immediately is like, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to be a problem here. <laughs> He's not going to be a solution either. So do these movies get yeah, a Marathon I guess that's award? the question. I don't know that they do. Three, I think, has Lucas, mm-hmm. who's close to a Marathon. Yeah, but he's almost too evil for a Marathon. Yeah. Well, and what he's doing isn't about, again, it's the reverse of... Burke and aliens where it's like sure I'm gonna kill these people but like I'm also killing the sharks so <laughs> like give and take you know you know who I think the Maravon has to be what I think it has to be Richie because here's the thing about Richie that Lucas even calls out after Lucas basically stages a coup is that Richie it was the one in charge yes and he was the one making the calls mm-hmm. and he is like consistently pretty spineless and he's consistently like making bad calls he's also never honest like when i don't even know if i believe him when he starts talking about what his motivations are when he's like no but really what i want to do is this with the sharks because he's said two different things already by then and yeah he's dishonest that's a mayor von trait Mm -hmm. you know downplaying the urgency of the situation hiding information maintaining the status quo yeah i think it's richard richard is the is the mayor von for the entire all of them. He gets the Mayor Vaughn Award. Um, because he even does think he's making the right decision at the end when he goes to help, but then uh, jumps right into a shark's mouth. Which is delightful. Just <laughs> Yeah, uh. yeah. All right, so yeah, he gets the Mayor Vaughn Award. Yeah. Okay, so our next award, we're moving on to the Dick Halloran Award. Yeah, which uh, Richard would also be nominated for. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, he, he's not a front runner. No, he's on the short list, but though. he meets some of the criteria. Yeah, yeah. he's so, at, he's at least in the talks. Again, the Dick Halloran Award goes to somebody who should be a hero, maybe even is set up as a hero, who is about to do something good and then dies before they're able to be effectual at yeah. all. For me, I think there's a clear winner. <laughs> And yeah. I'm, I'm going to put that out there, and then you can tell me if you have anybody against. I him. mean, his his death is almost definitely a deliberate Dick Holleran reference. If we're talking about who I think we're talking about, I don't think we are. Oh shit! Are you talking about Russell Franklin? I'm talking about Russell Franklin. See, no, I'm I'm talking about you, somebody else. You don't think he's the clear winner? Okay, no, no. And here's why: I would argue that we have, for the first time in this, the Dick Holleran Awards, a double Dick Holleran. A double Dick. We got a double dick. Yeah. DP. Oh, jeez. Okay. In the form of Mike. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> so, My, I love Mike. Oh, I love Mike too, but Mike's here's what Mike does. 
You know what? Mike, yeah. Mike <laughs> yeah. puts on his scuba gear without telling anybody and jumps ahead of the two of them after Trent and Misty are having an argument over who should go. So he he dives in, got he's got all his gear on, he's heading for the surface, and then immediately gets like nerfed and not just nerfed by the shark, but nerfed by the shark by just bumping into him. Like the shark bumps into him, knocks off his, uh, got his like <laughs> yeah, mask and yeah. his regulator and then knocks him unconscious. I, here's okay. So what he does before that happens is he says, these sharks can suck my ass. <laughs> and then he goes in and gets bumped by the shark. And it's almost like, again, that's more of the stuff I love about the sharks in deep blue sea too, where it's like, they, have a sense of humor and it's almost like the shark hitting him and being like yeah you're gonna you i'm gonna do what now i'm gonna suck your ass you're gonna make me suck your ass and just like headbutts him knocks him out so he gets that he gets knocked unconscious they the two that were gonna go have to go back out save him bring him back misty brings him back to life by performing cpr yeah yeah, yeah. he comes back only to immediately die again yeah yeah only to get his head bit off what i love about that whole thing is that it almost is like both times that a shark attacks him, it's like a response to what he just said. Because when he goes into the water, he says, these sharks can suck my ass. Swims, it, goes down in there and gets knocked out. And then once they revive him, he he leans over into the wet pool and goes, you hear that? That's what I said. These sharks can kiss my ass and gets his head bit off. And it's like both times the shark's being like, hey, man, stop talking shit. Right. Stop. Like that first time, that was your warning. <laughs> you talk shit, you got hit, now back the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And Mike didn't back the fuck up. No. Nope. And he got his head bit off in one of the best kills in the trilogy. So that's double dick right there. <laughs> that's a double dick. He yeah. got double dick. Because he, he basically was dead the first time. Yeah, here's the thing, though, is that the first time is when you realize, like, oh, Mike, because you kind of think he's going to be super helpful because he almost is like, he's like the guy that's just doing his job. Mm-hmm. And keeping his his head down and not complaining and and sort of taking initiative when he needs to. It's almost like he should have the job that Trent has, right? Like because he's like the non-abusive, non-anger issue, non-shithead version of Trent. He's also, I think, who of everybody in that room that I would have a crush on besides Misty Calhoun. Yeah, Mike does feel like your type, yeah, for sure, very much my type. Yeah, but he's like worthless <laughs> he is so wor- well because he's, he, he's always bravado he's always hovering he in the background and you're waiting for him to make his move and when he finally does yeah. he gets like knocked he, ex- out exactly. twice he finally has some like assertiveness you know where he's like i'm not gonna keep my head down i'm not gonna just do my job i'm gonna fucking take initiative i'm a badass let's go boom nope not quite mike mm-hmm. not today so of the three obvious dick hallorans russell franklin mike and richie I think Mike wins just because yeah. he did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like that. Yep. Mike. Dickin' twice. Mike's our, Mike's our double dick hollering. <laughs> double dick hollering. Okay. So that concludes our awards. Our last major thing that we have to talk about is our annual summer jams. Oh, yeah. You can't have a summer without summer jams, and you certainly can't have a Shark Week without summer jams. <laughs> no, no. And these three movies all have pretty unique songs to the like, not unique, but you know, they're songs that are particular to the films. Like, yes, no, no one of these movies has a song that's similar to the other song. You know, not at all. I mean, the first movie has a bunch of songs in it, including a high C song, and that uh-huh. uh, I can see clearly now. 
Johnny Nash song, mm-hmm. which is great. But of course, when you talk about Deep Blue Sea, there's only one song you're talking about. Yep, and, and it is Deepest Bluest Shark Fin in parentheses by Mr. LL Cool J. My hat is like a shark fin. <laughs> Mr. Ladies Love Cool James. Yeah. I mean, look, it was the summer jam of 1999. Right? Was it? I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember hearing it in 1999. Really? Yeah. I Do mean, you? Like, not on the radio or in the grocery store or anything, but you know, I'd hang out in the end credits of Deep Blue Sea at the theater it was playing at that I worked at. You know what? I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's have a party. Here's the thing. End credit songs, that's that's a whole thing when you work in a movie theater. Oh, yeah. I, like, so much of my music comes from end credit songs <laughs> from when I worked in movie theaters. But I didn't get the job oh, until 2000. Shit. So, yeah, I, I was not in the theater during the end credits. Deepest, of Deep Blue bluest. Sea. My head is like a shark fan. My head fin. is like a shark fan. What is he saying there? Uh, I think it's like when you have a hat when you're at a baseball game and your team is losing and you do a rally cap, which is when you put your hat on your head on its side. Okay. Uh, or inside out on its side. Like that's a, so, a so rally it's a cap. sport thing. Yeah, his team's losing. Okay. And that's true. In Deep Blue Sea, his team is losing for most of that movie. Yeah. Then he put on his rally cap and it looks like a shark fin and they won. That they did, came that back. Is, they yeah, came, that there was did a happen. come from behind win. You, you got to take those. You pulled victory from the jaws of defeat. You know, I don't know if that's what it's about at all. I don't know if he's ever spoken on it. I just, that's what I've always thought. It's like, how does a hat look like a shark fin? Like if it's on its side with the bill up, but that's a rally cap. See, I just assumed it meant that his hat was like a warning sign to people that yeah, he was coming. Yeah, I think coming. that's really honestly what it is. Like you see the hat and you know, like, like if you're in a crowded room and you see LL's hat and you know, oh man, only one person wears that hat <laughs> and it's LL Cool J. And if he's here... Oh, man, it's sort of like, yeah, when the shark fin... Here's the thing. When you see the shark fin, that's how you know there's danger nearby. Mm-hmm. You don't want to worry until you can't see the shark fin. Right. That's the whole thing, because when it goes under the water, holy shit, it could be anywhere. So if you see LL Cool J's hat, yeah. keep an eye out. Yeah, and if you're the in trouble, disappears, probably. Oh, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we know. We've yeah. unpacked the mysteries of deepest, bluest <laughs> so, shark yeah. fin. Uh, but a good song. Fun song. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's times. very 90s. It's, and it's very, you know, horror movie end credit rap songs. Bring them back. Yeah. You know? Bring horror movie soundtracks back. Well, yeah, that for sure. Not scores, horror soundtracks. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, uh, the music, the score in Deep Blue Sea 2 is... Uh, way too much it is always doing too much and the song from it which is not hey not end credits no we get an opening credits credits song in a weird like semi james bondish i was about to say it sounds like a bond song it's what sounds like a bond song and the credit sequence is like a bond credit sequence right with like a woman swimming through water like that's very bond thing but Mm -hmm. also with like marine biology photography like, well, that's because it turns out it's Misty Calhoun's Misty presentation, Calhoun. which yeah, yeah, I <laughs> have I have some questions. <laughs> I have questions about that presentation. That's her presentation for the college class. I love it. <laughs> it's just her. Swimming. It's just a Bond opening. It, yeah, what a weird song. I, I fucking. Love it. Do you? Yeah, I don't know why. It's terrible. The first time I saw this movie, I was like, this song sucks. 
I've listened to it a few times since, and I'm like, I kind of love it. Because it sort of sums up the whole movie, mm-hmm. where it's like, you're like, this doesn't feel like it fits. This is weird. Uh-huh. It's like too serious. It's so serious that it's kind of hilarious, but also you're like, you kind of have to respect how serious it is. It's like the whole movie is, you know? But it's also cheap and like, you know, you feel like you've heard it before, but not quite like this. It's just strange. It's called Into the Blue. By Sean Murray. By Sean Murray. And boy, it's it's almost like the MASH song where some of the lyrics are just like, this is a suicide note, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, weird choice. Yeah. And then three has... I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's this song. By the composer Mark Killian and Sia Mayola, and I'm not sure who the singer is. And it's called... Something like yeah, it's Hamba Hamba Nufeko. I don't know how to. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it's in the Kosa language. I believe I might I might be wrong. (laughs) I might be wrong, but it's uh, it's South African music, Mm -hmm. and it's fucking great. Yeah, it is really good. It's like not quite as appropriated Paul Simon, (laughs) you know. So so of these three jams, which one wins? Jam of the summer. I, look, it's it's LL Cool J always. Like you can't not give it to him. I know he'll come at you. You'll see that shark yeah. fin hat. <laughs> but but I have to tell you, I think my favorite is the one from Deep Blue Sea Three. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, my I favorite. Just love that kind of music. It's a and it's a great song. Yeah. It's, uh, it was my favorite until you made a case for Into the Blue, and now suddenly I'm like, wait, do I love Into the Blue? <laughs> th- I think you love Into the Blue, <laughs> listener. I think that you should put all three of these songs. I mean, only one of them is on Spotify, but they're all on YouTube. Find a way to put these songs on a playlist and just have yourself a great Shark Week summer. We have a YouTube account. Maybe I just need to make a playlist. Yeah. There you go. Deep Blue Sea song. <laughs> well, I think I'll just do like our summer jams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, for sure. Years. Well, because we're gonna probably have some more coming up, and then we have some from past years. Yeah. 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 Our summer jams playlist, because honestly, they all rock. Yeah. I like the score a lot in three. Mostly. Yeah. yeah there's some moments that aren't great, but it's like this like synth and ambient stuff. It's kind of brooding. I like it. It's it is good, weird. It's a good score. It's weird, but weird in a good way. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that covers Shark Week, right? Yeah, that's the Deep Blue Sea trilogy. Deep Blue Sea. Easy as one, two, three. One, two, three. Deep Blue Sea. Come on, sharks, baby. You and me now. And also, hey, it's not a beach house. We're not at the summer beach house, so we're not really doing swimsuit competitions this year can we go back to the beach house next summer we should definitely go back to the beach house next summer. okay thank you i just wanted to throw that out yeah 100 percent. Okay. we're gonna go back to the beach house cool. but i just i want to point out that in deep blue sea one and deep blue sea two we get shark scientists in their underwear which and look underwear is my favorite swimsuit mm. <laughs> see honestly wetsuits are my favorite swimsuit yeah and Good God, do we get some great wetsuits. We suits. get some great wetsuits, yeah. As much as I hate Trent, him in a wetsuit, yum. Yeah. Yeah. Mike in a wetsuit, yum. Yeah. Carter Blake in a wetsuit, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. And also Saffron Burroughs in a wetsuit. Look, here's Alistair. the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. 1999, me in that theater seeing Saffron Burroughs take her wetsuit off for practical purposes to electrocute a shark. It was like, <laughs> uh, now this is what this is what exploitation cinema is about yeah. right here. Yeah. I'm all about this. 
And then, I mean, when Misty takes her wetsuit off, it's not really, you know, and she's in her underwear. It's just kind of gratuitous, you know? There's not really a reason for it. Also, speaking of gratuitous, I have never seen a wetsuit that has that kind of bust <laughs> that Misty <laughs> yes, Calhoun it's does. It's just the cleavage <laughs> wetsuit. Every wetsuit I've ever seen zips past that. Yeah, but she, no, not Misty Calhoun. Not Misty Calhoun. It, it she ends gets those, right there. She gets those special made. <laughs> <laughs> I also, can I point out? That she, when they're, when Carl Durant's like, so it was your, when they're, when someone's like, it was your mother that taught you to love the ocean. And she's like, she taught me to respect it. Like, motherfucker, I don't love the ocean. I'm incapable of love. I want you to understand that (laughs) right up front. And I, and I believe her. Yeah. Also when, when they're like, she saved three species single handedly, which I'm sorry, no one saves species single handedly. Right. I feel like that involves the work of multiple people and agencies. Yeah. I feel like she definitely took credit for some things in that sense. Would she, she doesn't correct him. She doesn't speak up to be like, well, actually, you know, conservation is a team sport. No, she just like accepts it. She's, She's like, like, yes, yeah, yeah true. I did that single That did happen, just me. <laughs> but in three, Emma gets a work, she gets a swimsuit change. She changes swimsuits in the third act. It's great. Mm-hmm. Who does a wardrobe change in the middle of fighting sharks? Yeah, well, Love somebody it. who, you know, wants to look good for the sharks. <laughs> hey, 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 look good for the sharks. Also, it's a wonderful white white uh, swimsuit one piece she's got at the end there so anyway that's that that's the deep blue seas yep so we covered deep blue seas for shark week one two three and soon we'll be back with not shark Week. not shark week yeah and unlike last year where we stayed in the water oh we're getting out of the water we're getting out of the water we're i'm turning into a prune yeah we've been in the water (laughs) for a really long time so wrinkly and it's not just the 43 years so you will hear from us soon yep talking about non-aquatic everybody out of the water get out of the water there's sharks in there we got to go inland where there's nothing that can hurt us right nothing can hurt you on the land yeah as soon as you're on land you're fine as we're gonna find out next week on not not shark week on not shark week when we just have a chill time not dealing with any kind of monsters or murderous entities or even people with bad agendas. Yeah. Uh, nobody's dishonest. It's just going to be a nice time. It's going to be lovely. Land week. Yeah, land is week. Is perfect. Yeah, not shark week, so there's no trouble. Yes. Because sharks are the only problem in the world. Ever. Ever. Look, we're going to, we'll go to the woods. We'll go to Australia, maybe. Go play some golf somewhere. Mm-hmm. Never, nothing ever bad ever happened in the woods. Nothing bad ever happened in Australia. And certainly nothing bad has ever happened on a golf course. Absolutely not. Totally safe. So we'll be fine. Yeah. So join us for being fine. Yeah. Not Shark Week. Next time. Uh, should be uh, pretty low key. And so we'll see you then if we're still alive. Mm-hmm. And until then. Oh my God. My sharks are incredible. Bye. Good luck. TTFN. <laughs>